0: hello and welcome to stupid sequence the show where we make a rank list of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun i'm your host josh and i'm your host scott This is our 15th episode, we'll start with a quick summary of what the show is. The goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media-related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared with a list of 10. In the first segment, uh, we normally talk about the first five items from each of our lists in detail, why we feel they fit the list, why they're meaningful to us, or maybe some interesting facts about them. From there we'll use the second segment to briefly mention the remaining items on our separate list before going head to head and arguing over which items belong in the official top 10. This week, we're talking about the best TV show opening sequences. This is going to be fun. To clarify, we're specifically talking about like opening credits, title theme, all that kind of stuff. We're not talking about like a The Office style cold open or something like that. Uh,
1: which sure. just
0: that opening credits, title card,
1: the music, whatever, whatever the, yeah, scenes might play. Yeah, not animation. definitely not
0: just the music. You know, we're, we're, we want the whole the whole package here.
1: Lot to consider. Lot to consider. I will tell you that I,
0: when we came up with this idea, from the moment that it was mentioned, I immediately knew what my number one
1: was going to be. I had a feeling. I knew what my number one was going to be. Turns out that feeling was correct, but I did my due diligence and I feel like it, it earned its place. So it'll be a good discussion.
0: Now, normally we don't look at each other's lists ahead of time before the recording to kind of, you know, preserve the surprise for each other as it were. However, since we're talking about like more of a music based one here, we, but we've both reviewed our, our other, each other's lists, ahead of recording here so we could actually watch the opening sequences because there may have been some that uh we haven't seen i know i think uh it just
1: like three of yours i hadn't seen yeah i want to say about half years i hadn't seen so
0: yeah we got some uh got some good stuff queued up here so why don't we jump into it with your we'll start with so we do we do have a duplicate in the top five here so we're going to start with our top six so scott what's
1: your number six My number six, we're going to head to a little town in Colorado called South Park. I've heard of that. Hey, probably no surprise uh, that this ended up on the list. The, The title card, I believe, really starts with their famous or infamous disclaimer. In which it it reads, all characters and events in this show, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated, dot, 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 poorly. The following program contains coarse language, and due to its content, it should not be viewed by anyone. I I think that is a perfect way to set the tone for the entire show. Because you you really don't know what you're going to get when you watch a South Park episode. Especially some of these uh, older ones.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, blue humor, let's say. Hmm, yes. So Primus is doing the music here.
1: That's right, yeah. So I was going to mention the... So after Matt Stone and Trey Parker released The Spirit of Christmas, which was their first official endeavor into the South Park characters, they approached Primus to compose a song for them for this new show called South Park. And they offered the band $74 and a copy of The Spirit of Christmas. That was that was it. And the band accepted. And then the song was recorded. And the original composition, it was like 40 seconds long. Comedy Central didn't like it. They said it was too slow. And so they basically just sped it up. They compressed it via some software and re-recorded the vocals And during the concert tour. And yeah, sped it up and that was it. Yeah, musically, it definitely
0: sounds pretty manic.
1: Well, especially, especially that original version of it. If you know Primus, that is a good way to describe all of their music. That's fair. Yeah, Primus is kind of all over the place musically. Very eclectic. I mean, John the Fisherman comes to mind as a... Jerry was a race car driver. Sure. Winona Ryder. Well, we don't want to go into that one too much, but... Yeah, that one... Anyway, Primus has a a very eclectic feel to it, and as a result, bizarre. I would
0: describe them as. Oh
1: yeah, so that's I mean that's why Matt Stone and Trey Parker picked them. They thought they're ridiculous, and the ridiculousness that is their style fits what they were trying to do with South Park, one hundred percent. And I have to say, I completely agree. The, of course, the characters are at least in the primary. The primary one that I think most people are familiar with, the characters are kind of assembled piecemeal. So it shows all the different components that make up like their face and their mouth and their eyes and their bodies, hats. And they're assembled while singing this song. And then, you know, there's also various shots of South Park, Colorado. There's other characters. And then in later seasons, because it's adapted quite a bit, they show various scenes that are from that season. Usually they go about halfway through a season. I want to say it's like one did like from one to eight about half the episodes and they use one title card that depicts specific scenes from that season in that title card. And then they switch it over about halfway through to depict new scenes from the second half of the season. So largely a lot of those scenes, they already kind of know the direction they're going. Which I thought was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, it's part of a grand that's a kind of a grand tradition of T V show openings, especially for like sitcoms, I feel like, do a lot of uh here's we're gonna grab snippets from episodes from this season. I I always remember being a kid and watching different shows that would do that and going like, Oh, I haven't seen that episode yet. What what episode does that come from? You know?
1: Yeah. There's uh and I know so I'm speaking, of course, of the older theme. I know in most recent seasons there's a, a kind of a completely new intro and it might only be for certain episodes but it's sung by randy marsh one of the characters on the show and it has to do with his uh farm tegrity farms and yeah he sings a song for the intro but i'm not as familiar with that one so that is not the intent of putting yeah, that kind of on my list that that came about well after i stopped watching the show which is probably a good 10-plus years ago. So Les Claypool, uh, the singer from Primus, does the intermittent vocals from each of the, uh, in between each of the characters saying things, you know, going down to South Park, going to have myself a time. I mean, everybody who's watched this show knows this song. It's very, very easily... uh, Sticks in your brain yeah, very easily sticks in your brain. It, it's it's just one that it's a kind of an earworm in, in some cases. Only by listening to it or playing a, an even more volatile earworm are you likely to get rid of this song. So in addition to Les, there's also Kyle and Stan talk, and then Les again. Eric's in there, uh, Cartman, Les again, and then Kenny uh, does the majority of the next sections, and his lines vary quite a bit because you can't understand what he's saying most of the time. Anyway, it's very, very muffled. muffled. Yeah. So in the, um, it, well, uh, there's a, Hmm. How do, how do I want to put this in, in some of the early seasons, the actual words that are intended to be spoken by him are very inappropriate. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it gets real bad in like seasons one and two or, Season 3, where he indicates he's got a 10-inch penis, like, yeah, alright. We can, uh, we can largely ignore what Kenny's saying. There's a reason that he gets killed in almost every episode in the early days. They killed Kenny? Ah, uh, oh my god, you bastards. So anyway, South Park, I feel like they do a great job of getting the feel for what you're about to consume right up front. They go into this very manic, like you said, eclectic style. They pull in various bits of the show. You get to know the main characters at least a little bit. And then it all wraps up with usually a, a turd hitting a sign and a farting noise. So Mr. Mr. Hankey. So. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a great depiction of the show. It it's very catchy. It's not something I think you're going to find in many other TV shows, and so with that, I felt like it deserved a pretty good spot on my list. Not all the way at the top. Didn't quite break top five. Early early parts of the list, it or early renditions, it did. It got pushed out. So
0: number six. It definitely does a great job of telling you. Here's what this show's going to be. Buckle up. Exactly. But
1: that being said, what do you have for your number six?
0: My number six is one that I thought might make my top five. And again, just didn't quite end up getting there. Uh, this is Star Trek The Next Generation from 1987. Was a great intro. Uh, this is one where it is, I think, the biggest part it succeeds on is its music. Uh, this is called the Star Trek Next Generation theme which is composed by Alexander Courage and Jerry Goldsmith. Um, what that music is actually is it's combining elements of the original series theme with the theme from Star Trek The Motion Picture. If you go back and listen to the theme from that movie, which is the first Star Trek movie, this is very close to that theme. It, you know, It's not quite exactly the same, but it's like 90% of the way there. Um, and, th- and then you get some of the elements from the original show baked into that. Mm-hmm. If I was picking, if we were picking this list based on the music alone, this is probably my number one. I love this song. Uh, you got the shots from of the Enterprise flying through space combined with the opening uh, credits. I love the font on it. And then, of course, at the top, you have the speech from the original series opening that was spoken by. William Shatner as Captain Kirk, this time spoken by Jean-Luc Picard, played by Patrick Stewart, uh, and modified in a couple critical ways. Uh, Most notably, they changed the wording of uh, to boldly go where no man has gone before to to boldly go where no one has gone before, as Star Trek kind of has always been about trying to pursue Inclusion. Inc- inclusivity and right. representation and, and kind of pushing the boundaries of what could be shown on television in those areas.
1: And boy, uh, does he have a fantastic voice space, the final frontier.
0: These are the voyages of the starship enterprise.
1: Oh, absolutely. H- his, Short, he could be a best. voice actor. He could read me bedtime stories. I mean, he has—he's done a couple other voice credits where I feel like it's definitely notable, and uh, one that comes to mind is Nightmare Before Christmas, where there was a post-credit scene that I don't think made the movie, but it's on the soundtrack, and he recaps the story, and it's like he's talking to Jack, and man, it's—it's it's fantastic. He just does a beautiful job with it, so I—I I, I fully get why you chose this and i i i get it i understand you know jean Card, patrick stewart what a great voice
0: yeah and 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 there's really not a lot else to the opening here uh it's mostly just shots of the enterprise flying through space over the music uh but it looks so cool it's such a good model that they have for this ship you know i i want to say for the opening theme this is the six foot model that they built of the enterprise, and it's just it's very detailed it looks incredibly good uh just flying through space back
1: and forth at warp and the, it, the rubber banding uh, looks, effect yeah, just looks great it looks great it is pretty cool i it did not quite make my list it was close it, this would have been probably eleven maybe twelve. it was in my honorable mentions but not quite white on my list, but I I totally get why you did it. And it's I mean it's hard to argue with. It's it's a long ish sequence compared to a lot of ones. I think it's over a minute, maybe close to a minute and a half. And it, it was a consideration, but just not quite there for me.
0: That's fair. But I love it. So number six on my list. Let's oh, cool. move on to your number
1: five. Number five is what we now know to be a duplicate because of our early reveals of our list but number five for me is game of thrones that's
0: a uh, number two on my list
1: a little bit of a disparagement between our lists, but i feel like we could probably talk through some of those uh those things uh, as far as game of thrones i mean it's number two on your list do you want to you want to go ahead and take the lead on that one and talk us through it sure um the theme musically
0: here well, the show, show starts in 2011 our, our theme is titled surprisingly the game of thrones main theme we are uh it's composed by ramin jawaldi i believe Is how you pronounce the name could be getting that
1: wrong sounds good to me
0: uh absolutely incredible music uh uh just nailing the vibe for the show musically easily my favorite opening theme music for a fantasy adaptation i think just really really well done there Uh, but i think where the show really especially or this opening anyway really especially shines is the visuals with with this opening if you're a fantasy reader you're very familiar with the types of maps that are included with most fantasy books i'm the type of reader who likes to frequently familiarize myself with the maps of the places i'm reading about to get a better sense of where things are happening in relation to one another. Uh, The intro for this show features a 3D representation of the map of Westeros and beyond. It shows the world of the show off. It it almost looks like the landscapes are woodcut. Mm -hmm. And as the camera swoops around to show us the different key locations that are going to be coming into play in the episode we're about to watch, clockwork mechanisms kind of spin and turn, and it makes the structures of the cities pop out of the map and gives like a great visual representation of each place that you're about to be watching
1: almost as if it's being built as you're getting closer yeah it's right pretty cool it's got a a little bit of a steampunk aesthetic to it i think uh, with all the the mechanisms and the the movements and stuff i I, it feels maybe not the word i would
0: use but um mechanical then Yeah, it's certainly certainly like it's got those mechanisms. It's got gears that are turning and it makes it feel like there's something built into this map that is making these things come out. They're not just popping out on their own, you know?
1: Sure. And I while I agree that the music on this is phenomenal, the music is just great. The overall visuals. while I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool a few times. So if I'm being honest. Most of the time when I watch this show, I end up skipping the intro. Ooh. So I, yeah, unfortunately, I don't even end up watching it. It's just, it's such a long intro, and while I enjoyed it the first few times, it's like, all right, I just want to get into the show. There's a lot going on, and I'm impatient. So let's get into the meat and potatoes. If I had watched the intro, you know, if it's a minute and a half times 12 20 episodes even you know over the course of 7 8 seasons several several times I mean it's like I could have probably watched two or three more episodes in that time frame so at that point why bother it
0: for me I think the sh- the intro does a great job of capturing that like checking the map while you're reading the book feel to the show and it gives greater context to the events that are actually happening in each episode so I I I, I always watch it. I think there's value in it um and I, I that's what puts it at number two for me. Arguably the most functional intro on my list. Hmm.
1: I, I see what you're saying about book maps and the similarities. I mean it's absolutely there. Even in the book I'm reading right now, I I tend to check the map. Even though I'm listening to the audiobook, I have the physical copy next to my bed, and so if I'm ever wondering, I do pull up the map and I take a look at it. But as far as Game of Thrones is concerned, during the course of watching the show, if I ever felt like I didn't quite know where the regions were relative to each other, because there's so many storylines going on all at the same time, I would just look up a map online real quick and take a look. And, okay, it's done. I don't have to worry about watching the intro 700 times and hoping that I glean the right information. I can just look it up directly and figure it out.
0: I, get, I give you a thumbs down rating for for your opinion here.
1: Well, there's... Reason it's not my number two, and it is yours, but that's fine. We can we can keep going. What's your number five?
0: Uh my number five is the first opening to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood from two thousand nine. I do want to clarify of of like many anime uh animes, however you want to pluralize it. Like many different anime shows, there are multiple different openings per season. So this is the one that airs during like the first half or the first third of the first season. Mm -hmm. Uh, In my opinion, it's the only one that's especially good.
1: Uh, I I, I like, sorry, go ahead. I've never watched this show. And so watching that opening was the first time I had ever seen it. And yeah, I I have more questions than I have answers at the moment.
0: That's fair. Uh, So for me, uh this Full Metal Alchemist, as someone who not a big anime person in general, we've kind of talked about this on the show. I know we've had some other episodes that could have had anime entries in them that didn't that maybe some of our listeners were unhappy about. Uh this one, this is where we're breaking that streak. Uh Brotherhood's a great show. It's much better than the original Full Metal Alchemist. This song here is again by the artist Yui. Uh, and I love this song. It's so good. Holy cow. It's it's just a really, really good song. It's very catchy. The full version of it is also excellent.
1: I'm hoping that you have the translation so that I can understand exactly what they're saying. Because the one you sent me is all in Japanese. So I was kind of wondering, like, what are, what are they actually saying here?
0: I don't know. I don't know what they're saying. No. I don't, I've never read a translation of it. I I think the visuals here are also excellent. Uh, It's showing off the foundations of the core story of the show, including elements you don't have context for until you've watched most of the show, even well beyond when this opening has stopped happening in the show. Uh, The basic idea of the story here that this is touching on is uh, the two kids that you see uh, multiple times in the opening here are the Elric brothers, Alphonse and Edward. They're abandoned by their father and their mother dies from an illness after that. Uh, They're trained in alchemy, which is kind of like a science magic-y sort of thing in this world. And because they're stupid kids, they attempt one of the three taboos of alchemy, never attempt human transmutation. There's this concept called the law of equivalent exchange in alchemy in this world where to create something with alchemy, you must give up something of equal value that is then lost, right? Um, Because you can't just create like the idea of like matter cannot be created or destroyed kind of a thing. You're sure. just changing things. Um, they try to use the alchemy that they've learned to bring their mom back to life. Mm, uh,
1: that that which seems is, like a no, no.
0: Yeah. You should, you should very much not do that. And so uh, it, it unsurprisingly backfires. Edward loses a leg to the transmutation. and Alphonse's entire body is consumed. Edward then sacrifices his arm to put Alphonse's soul into a suit of armor. And they kind of show a simplified version of that in the opening theme here, where you can see Edward's arm and leg kind of vaporizing away and Alphonse's whole body. And I really love the visual effect they used to represent that as like strands of matter, like whipping away into the wind, I think looks really good. Uh, And then the rest of the opening shows off, you know, many of the heroes and villains that we come to know over the course of the first season, like Winry Rockbell, Maze Hughes, Roy Mustang, especially a big, big fan of Roy. He's the fire guy. We saw him briefly in that opening. Uh, And then some of the enemies that you see, uh, the, the homunculi, Lust. Gluttony, Envy, and there's many other characters that we, that are shown off in the opening here in different fights and stuff like that. I, I just think this opening really does a great job of laying the groundwork for here's what this show is, here's what it's going to be. If you go back and watch it after completing the show, there's more insight you can glean from it uh, because they're just kind of seeding stuff in there early on that you don't really understand yet. So I, I think this is an incredible opening, which earns it number five on my list.
1: It was, it was interesting. I was confused. It would be a nice way of saying it because I I have none of that context. And even sure. now, I feel like I have to watch it again. Have you explain it to me a couple of times and have you point out certain things in order for me to really feel like I know what's going on. I'm just going to have to trust you.
0: And the first time you watch this show, you're opening with that, right? And you go, oh, I don't know what any of this is, but it looks cool. You know, I I want to know why are these children disintegrating? What's going on with that? You know, who are these guys that are fighting? I don't know. This is cool armor guy. What's up with that? It's Alphonse, as it turns out. Um, But yeah, it's. uh, So I I really like the show a lot. I I can tell.
1: And I looked up the translated lyrics just now out of curiosity and they're fine. I don't know. I feel like I need to listen to the song and read along with the lyrics and see if it gives it a little bit more power. But something about not being able to understand the language uh, makes it difficult for me to relate. I, I really I need to dig into it some more before I get sure. to that point.
0: And a lot of time, literally, directly translated Japanese lyrics and music can feel a little wordy Sure. to English listeners. And I think this song is not an exception to that.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Just looking through some of these options here. And like this yeah, one I'm here. Also glancing through. And- in the labyrinth of emotions where I can't see the exit. Who am I waiting for? As if having written it in a white notebook, I want to divulge myself more honestly. Yeah, it does feel a bit wordy, but. It's a cool prob- sounding song. Yeah, the song I is. Like it, it sounds pretty cool. I think the Game of Thrones right, one really sounds like cooler, it. but.
0: Well, and- Game of Thrones is number two on my list. Full metal yeah. is number five. So, you know. That's true. But yeah, Full Metal Alchemist of Brotherhood The first opening, number 5 on my list What have you got for your number 4?
1: Number 4 I have Phineas and Ferb I don't know if you have ever watched this show I've watched some of it Phineas and Ferb
0: My wife enjoys this show quite a bit
1: I think it's alright I think the show I think the show is great I think it does a a good job of making the characters interesting. Uh, I really like the creator Dan Povenmire. He did not write the song, mind you. the uh, The theme song for the show, which is what we are talking about here, is uh, performed by Bowling for Soup. Maybe you've heard of them. I didn't know that. Yeah the the lyrics for Phineas and Ferb um, were first heard in uh, Roller Coaster. Uh, which was in one of the early episodes, and then it's been it's kind of remained from all of them. But the lyrics themselves, I I feel like, are not only a great depiction of the entire show, but very unique. Right? It's they they start off by laying the groundwork of there's 104 days of summer vacation. You're like, yeah, I can relate to that, especially as a kid. You're like. Is that all? Holy crap, only 104 days. All right. Um and then it says then school comes along just to end it and you're like, "Yep, I'm I'm on, I'm on board. Let's keep going." It says, "So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it." 100%. This is like every kid hears that and thinks, "Yes. This this is absolutely me. This is what are they going to do to make things interesting?" And then they say, you know, building a rocket, fighting a mummy, climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Discovering something that doesn't exist. Giving a monkey a shower. Surfing tidal waves. Creating nanobots. Locating Frankenstein's brain. It's over here. Finding a dodo bird. Painting a continent. Or driving our sister insane. And Scott, that would did be you know that uh,
0: Frankenstein is actually the doctor and not the monster?
1: Wow, what a hot take. <laughs> what I really mm-hmm. like about this is, in particular, the very end of this, right? So... You're starting to understand the dynamic of who Phineas and Ferb are, right? They're two brothers. They're trying to make their life interesting so that they don't get bored during summer vacation. And then their sister is always watching over them to try and get them in trouble, right? Mom, you wouldn't believe what they're doing. Mom, check this out. Mom, look outside. And of course, the parents are always like, huh, what's going on? and they don't bother looking, and then ultimately, like, they do look, and of course, at that point, whatever it was is now gone, or is changed, or whatever the case may be, right? It's that eternal trope. But at the very end of the opening theme, Candace, their sister, says, Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making a title sequence. That's just, that's perfect. That is, it, it's just meta enough to show you how ridiculous this show can be in some cases, the dynamic of Candace versus Phineas and Ferb, and in general, all of the cool things that they're going to get themselves into. And and I think the song, I mean it's Bowling for Soup that's performing it. It kind of rocks a little bit. Like it's it's pretty good song. I I would listen to that song just on its own. So I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. And I, I feel like it's a great representation of the show and the characters and it's just a good song. So that's why I put it as number four on my list.
0: My main complaint here is that it does not feature enough of the actual true star of Phineas and Ferb, Perry the Platypus.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, he shows up briefly. And, you know, Come on, Perry. And you're like, oh, and he's just the platypus at that point, right? He's not.
0: I, I would watch a, a Perry the Go. Platypus show without any of the Phineas and Ferb stuff
1: really the just, it's just Perry, Perry versus Perry Doofenshmirtz Perry versus Doofenshmirtz that's okay. what i
0: enjoy out of phineas and ferb that's what i'm here for
1: okay i i mean uh, it feels like the b story in a lot of cases but all right i i guess i could see that they, he's a pretty cool character but i think you you start looking at the Perry the platypus and Doofenshmirtz interactions right and then You could probably start equating it to some other 90s TV shows that are similar along those lines, right? Where there's even back
0: further than the 90s, yeah,
1: right. I mean, that's that show has been done a lot, having the boys not be bored and then somehow tailoring that whatever's happening with Perry and Doofenshmirtz into whatever the boys are doing because there's always some interweaving. I, I feel like the show does a great job of that, but. We're talking about the theme specifically, and in this case, I really like the theme. I think it's a great song. I think, in general, it, it sets the tone for the show, and it makes it that much more enjoyable. It's also one that I have not skipped. I would listen to it every single time. And in it's a, preparing for this, I listened to it probably about a half a dozen times.
0: I think it's a better opening than it is a show.
1: That. woof. Those words might come back to haunt you during we'll our see. discussion later, but we'll see. We, we can move on. What do you got for your number four?
0: Minor four is, in my opinion, one of the top ten TV shows of all time. Not an episode we've done yet. Maybe we'll do it someday. I don't know. This is from 2002. It's a show that everyone's told you you need to watch, and they're right. I'm about to tell it to you again. It's The Wire. Hmm, a cop show. Uh, cops are one element of the show, well, one of many. Uh, the theme song here is Tom Waits' Way Down in the Hole from, I believe, 1987. So not not written for the show, but used to great effect in the opening here. Uh, this is a show that changes up the opening theme, uh, the opening sequence each season. It's always Way Down in the Hole is the song, but they have a different cover version of it each season. The first season being my favorite is the original Tom Waits version, and then they are changing that up season by season uh most notably probably the season four version is actually done by a group of teenagers from baltimore which is kind of neat the show if you weren't familiar is about examining every single facet of the drug trade in baltimore from the you know the detectives that are investigating the gangs that are distributing uh the you know, uniform cops that are out on the streets enforcing you know the, the the law, the different gangs, higher up gang members that are orchestrating the you know drug trade, the the pushers on the streets, you know the politicians that are uh, making laws that are impacting all of this. It's every possible facet of the drug trade, um, and the the opening theme, opening sequence here does a great job of encapsulating all of those different elements. It's including a bunch of different shots surrounding wiretapping phones and monitoring them, which is, uh, you know, the show is called The Wire. The wiretapping is what that's referring to. It's a a major plot through line through the show, especially that first season. It's showing off different elements of the drug trade, of drugs being sold, or manufactured, packaged, um, you know, used. Uh, you've got police enforcement you've got detective work um just just it it since the wire is a show about all of these different elements, the opening sequence just does a great job of just tapping into all of those briefly.
1: Hmm, another show that I have not watched.
2: Hey, you should watch this show.
1: I was not aware that it that it was such an inclusive totality of the drug trade i thought it was more on the enforcement side. I I just no, it, I thought this was a cop show.
0: That's what makes the show special is that it isn't just a cop show. It's as much about the everyone involved in this as it is about the cops. Would Some you, seasons, honestly, I would say less about the cops and more about other, other characters.
1: Would you equate it more to like a breaking bad where you kind of see all of the different aspects of that trade?
0: Um, I, I think it goes way further than Breaking Bad, like way more in depth to all the different aspects of it than Breaking Bad. does sure,
1: you, you did mention the politicians and right, uh, the lawmaking process, right? So... This is a
0: better show than Breaking Bad.
1: Whoa., oh, let's not get carried away here.
0: I, I, I would describe the Wire as a really important show. Not, not just that it's very good, it's very important, and that everyone, everyone should watch it. Hmm. Not really what we're talking about here. It is just the the opening here. And I think the opening just does a fantastic job, especially that first season one, which I think is the strongest one. Um, But I, I do give the show bonus points for changing it up season by season. The visuals also change up season by season to go on to more visually represent elements of those seasons. Good example is season two. A major plot thread is things happening down at the docks of Baltimore and, you know, uh, things coming in off of ships and so you have a lot of visual representation of the dockyards and the the stevedores and dock workers and stuff that are um major elements of that season so i i, I really like it when a show changes the opening up as it goes along and does a uh uh does a good job of representing what the show, how the show is changing as it goes and this is a, a good one of those
1: so your explanation of the show definitely gives me more context and helps me understand what's going on here a little bit better. But I got to say I was pretty underwhelmed by this theme. Just overall, the visuals were fine, but the song was just okay. Oh, and, I love the song. Yeah. I think, I think you're equating your feelings of the show to the, the theme and. The theme actually, itself as it stands, I, I just, eh, I disagree
0: okay. because there's versions. like I said, there's different versions of this, the song as that goes on. And they specifically ones I don't really care for. It's that first version of it that I think is really the excellent one. Mm. I just think it's a very good song.
1: I wonder if I need to hear some of these other versions and see if there's a, a better one in my mind. But no, that's okay.
0: Season 2 is maybe a little more bluesy.
1: Yeah,
2: I think it's fine. Just, it's fine. But
1: we can get more into that here shortly.
0: For now, why don't we take a break as we've gotten through a few on each of our lists here, and then we'll sure. come back after that with our top threes. So stick around.
1: You know, I'm wondering if I talk faster, are people more or less likely to listen to what I have to say? I mean, I've already indicated that I don't always listen to all of the intros. I end up skipping them a lot of the time. So during this break, if I'm not brief, are people just going to skip over it? Try to find the rest of the conversation? I don't know. Maybe.
0: It's harder to skip to where you want to be in a podcast because you don't have that visual cue to go along with it.
1: That's true. Well, we're going to keep the people guessing. And I'm going to say, well, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. But if you have comments or ideas, please. For the love of somebody, reach out to us, right? We haven't heard from any of you, and it's very disheartening. We can see that little ticker. It's going up. People are listening to our stuff, although I don't know why. We're not good. But beyond that... I don't know if that's fair. Okay, well, I'm good. You're okay. But it's... (laughs) uh, See what I did there? All right. People should reach out to us is the bottom line here, right? We have a Twitter, a very disused almost abandoned Twitter at stupid sequence, but we also have an email address of which we receive almost nothing. A little bit of spam, stupid sequence at com. Reach out to us. We want to hear from you.
2: Voice your opinion.
0: Be it controversial. Tell us our opinions are bad. Yes. You're wrong, but we want to hear about how you're wrong.
1: Yeah. Back it up. You know, we want we want civil discussion here. We don't want we don't want you to just say, "Well, you're wrong." F you. That's not really it's not in the spirit of the show. We'd like to think that we we try to approach this with some level of preparedness and a means of of coming up with an argument that makes sense to to back up our claims. But no, that's not always the case. So you know, talk to us.
2: Tell us what you think. Anyway, why don't we get back to it?
1: Top three. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, let's do it. What's your number three? Number three is a an early, early 2000s show called Malcolm in the Middle.
0: I've never really watched this show.
1: That's what I was going to say. From my understanding, you have not seen this show, which is unfortunate. It I've is definitely never seen the opening prior to today. One of the very first songs that came to mind when we said we were going to do this episode because well first of all the song is called boss of me it is a song by the band they might be giants i do enjoy a few of their songs istanbul not Istanbul. i've enjoyed some of their stuff they have some pretty catchy songs and i feel like they did a great job with this one but what really gets to me for this show is how chaotic it is this this entire show is chaos it's a middle class lower middle class family that is really just trying to scrape by and has to deal with each other in the process it, and you know sometimes it's the mom that's the problem sometimes it's the school it's the problem sometimes it's each other but this theme does a great job of of pulling you in immediately by just being all over the place right we see uh large monsters emerging out of water as if uh, a tribute to some kind of old japanese film i'm not sure which one it's not godzilla and then we have the brothers fighting we have the parents standing in the kitchen where the the dad is completely naked and Brian be, Cranston. Yeah. Brian finding. Cranston. Brian Cranston's the father. Plays Hal. It it just the way that it it's kind of all over the place where it starts kind of soft. You're like, what what is this show? It's like, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Can you repeat the question? And then it goes pure chaos. You're not the boss of me now. And then you're just like, Whoa, what is going on? And yeah, I just it does a great job. It does a, a good job of pulling in some scenes, not really spoilers or anything i mean it is scenes from actual episodes but no real details about what's going on in any of those episodes and at the end the lament of course life is unfair and it just shows frankie muniz and you're just like wow yep this i can relate to this show i i have a family i I have a little bit of chaos in our family but these people are ridiculous and when I watch that theme and listen to that theme, it gets me pumped because it's kind of, it's a short theme. I mean, it's only like 30 seconds long, but it just exhibits the show so well that it pulls you in and it makes you want to watch the episode and, and hear from them again, because I'm sure their, their life and their ridiculousness exceeds whatever I think is going on in my life. And I want to hear about it. So yeah, great show. I I really enjoyed the show, especially as a kid. I've never skipped this intro, which is another key marker for me. I think a lot of that just boils down to I watched it on TV as a kid, so you couldn't skip the intro. That's true. But yeah, I really enjoy it. And I I really like the beginning. And uh, it's I like how chaotic it is. So
0: I have a confession. I really did not like this song at all. Uh, was uh, that not, is unfortunate not, not for me not for me perhaps I, I i get what they're doing the visuals here it's very you know like a late 90s early 2000s tv show opening kind of style of visual which is fine i guess um you know i don't have any nostalgia for it certainly since i never watched the show never seen the opening and uh you know i thought the visuals fine music really didn't like at all
2: hmm. i actually think
1: it's one of the better they might be giant songs I do like other than they might be giant songs, to be clear. Did not like this one. Hmm. I find that a little bit surprising. Well, in either case, I, those are my reasons of why Malcolm in the Middle or the boss of me is my number three. Uh, the song and the visuals, of course. So why don't we just move to your number three?
0: my number three is what we do in the shadows from 2019 uh featuring the song you're dead by norma tanaga Tanega? i don't know how um it's a very fun song great i think and some great visuals going along with it in the opening here if you're not familiar with the show it's about a bunch of vampires that live in long island and they are uh goofballs basically you know, it's existing in the same universe as the 2014 movie, which is also excellent. You should also watch that. Very fun. But uh, I I love the show, but the opening, I think, is just a really great, well-done thing. It's mostly comprised of pictures of our characters, the history of the vampires involved, uh, paintings of them from presumably hundreds of years ago. We've got, like, Nandor as a Persian warlord, Naja and Laszlo as aristocrats, and so on. uh also includes photo, younger photos of Guillermo, who is uh Nandor's familiar. Guillermo's not a vampire but wants to be one, and so we've got different pictures of him as a kid, uh, in various vampire cosplay, things like that, or like as a teen. Appropriately boring photos of Colin Robinson, the energy vampire in the in the house, whose whole shtick is that he tries to bore people and, and annoy people to to drain their energy. And then there's uh, fun photos of them in different outfits themed to like different decades, 80s, 90s, stuff like that. Um, Picture of them, one of them as a, presumably one of them, we're not sure, but one of the vampires as a bat because they can all transform into bats. Um, Them about to have dinner by eating a person because they're vampires. Just different fun little things like that. So I, I really like this opening. I think it's really fun. The music's very catchy. Uh, And I I just like the work that they went to to do, like the the paintings and all the different photos where they got them in the different costumes and everything. And it's just got a really great vibe to it.
1: Now, in the actual course of the show, because I've not seen this show. Do they. At all refer to. Any of the incidences portrayed in this intro theme, like not said, at he all, looks like a Persian warlord. No, no well, okay, okay, sense. well, okay, we'll
0: put it this way: so the Persian, the 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 history, the painting specifically, yes, because um those are kind of like the origins of each of the vampires. So like um Nandor, what, you know, Nandor is from Per, you know, ancient Persia, and spent his Younger days as a warlord and conquering people and having a harem and things like that. So, the story does talk about things like that, or, uh, or Laszlo growing up as a British aristocrat, or Nadja growing up as like a, a poor Greek child, um, in a village with nothing. The, and then later on going to marry Laszlo and things like that. So, they do talk about things like that. But in terms of like specific incidents that are depicted in any individual photo, no, those are just kind of background flavor.
1: Okay. I, I see what you're saying, but it's, it, but there are indications that some of the stuff that they're showing in the intro are actually happening or have happened. And yes. Okay. And it builds to the backstory. So this is just kind of like a little bit of an accompaniment to that backstory. And you're just right. like, oh, it's here. that's why that's in there. Okay. Yeah
0: it's here to give you a vibe of here's who these people are. And also the tone of like, a lot of this stuff is goofy and this is a very goofy show of, you know, it's a comedy show. So there's a lot of humor in there and everything. And um, I think it does a good job of setting that tone of, all right, here's the, here's the goofy stuff that these people are going to be up to.
1: So I was prepared to berate you because it seemed like it was just a bunch of crap thrown together to give them seeming backstories that really didn't matter or contribute at all to the show. But since it is actually tied, I think it's neat that you have incidences in the show where something's going to come up and you're like, well, I got to watch the intro again next time because I might catch something that I didn't realize was relevant before. And that would that, that is a good sign of an intro because it would make me want to watch it over and over again. And so even though I've never watched this show, I I think I'd probably not skip this intro with that knowledge in hand because it seems like something that I'd be able to pick up things along the way and I'd probably want to be like, "Oh, yeah, I see. I see what they did there."
0: That's It's also cool. very
1: short. It's like 40 seconds long or something. Yeah, that's So you get you get in and out quick. I,
0: I am very very unlikely to ever skip an intro that isn't egregiously long. There's some there's some that are really long that I think are really worth watching that I also don't skip, but the only ones I really skip are ones that I don't find especially interesting and are also very long. Sure. If you've got like a sub one-minute opening and I don't love it, I'm probably still watching it every time.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that.
0: But yeah, I love what we do in the shadows, and I think the opening is the third best TV show opening of all time. So, Scott, what do you have for your number two?
1: Number two... Another one that I thought of almost immediately, and I think people will largely agree with this selection. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It, this it is, is Go ahead. This
0: is on my honorable mentions list um, and was mandated that it was put there by my lovely wife, who absolutely loves this theme and will recite it from memory if it is ever mentioned at all. She will immediately launch into the whole thing.
1: So this theme is iconic it very very few people who have ever watched this show don't know the theme i i can't imagine that anybody really would not know this theme if you've ever watched this tv show it is it is iconic that's the best way to put it i mean the, so I've never so, really
0: watched the show, and I still knew it knew the theme before my I before I met my wife.
1: Sure, I would say in some ways this show has has become culturally important and has surpassed just being an early '90s TV show. Certainly, Will Smith was able to find a career outside of maybe a his bit. character, uh, yeah, to some extent. But this this theme has kind of reached an elite status in my mind where because everybody knows it and because it's so relevant to even culture today or at least known in culture today, it becomes easy to meme or otherwise create scenarios where you can recite this without and see how long it takes people to realize it. I know that was a, a game that people were trying to play for a while there where they would call into radio shows, for example, and say, well, you know, I was in West Philadelphia, like I was born and and raised, but like on the playground, it's where I spent most of my days. And they would just recite it in a way that seemingly doesn't sound anything like it and see how long it took the people to catch on. And I thought that was great. So as far as the overall show or the song itself, right, let's get into that. It's performed by DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Fresh Prince. It is the theme song, and the lyrics were composed by da, 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 Will Smith. No way. Perfor- performing under his stage name, The Fresh Prince. And, of course, the song was produced by Jeffrey Towns under his stage name, DJ Jazzy Jeff. So, I guess no real surprises there. But So, Towns brought up the idea of him and Smith making the theme song after learning that the music for the series uh, composed and produced by Quincy Jones were made and presented what would become the music for the theme song. And Smith wrote the lyrics after reading up on the scripts from the pilot episode. So Smith then presented the song to Jones and he immediately loved it and accepted it as the theme song. So kind of some creative uh, uh, abilities were um, allowed during that, Initial conversation, and I think you're if you 've ever watched the pilot episode, you know that this is pretty much i mean that 's exactly the show you you watch the show, you listen to the theme song, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into, so given that the song became so popular just in general i and i I actually meant to check this, but i don't have it here in front of me. I believe it charted pretty high um not in the U.S. necessarily. It might have made it like a top 200 in the in the U.S., but in some, yeah, in some other countries. Oh, the Netherlands—that's what it was. It was it peaked at number three, wow, uh, or Spain right number two. So, yeah, it's a pretty popular song from from that perspective. So I I don't know. I I'm not sure what else really to say about this because people they know it so well. They know people sing along with it almost every single time there's an extended version of the song that people might not always listen to but it does come up every once in a while where they add in some lyrics about the grandma's interactions and anyway long story short iconic amazing intro popular song the the pictures visuals i mean the whole scenes with him fighting the guys on the Basketball court. I mean, I can even see it. It's burned into my mind just now. So, it's it's a great theme. It's really, really good. And I think your wife was correct in forcing you to put it on your honorable mentions. And if she were a guest on this, I believe she would probably have it in her top three as well. And we would have a very different conversation. Very likely. So, I
0: I won't fight you on. I do think this is a well done thing. I don't have the nostalgia for it personally, but you know, it's a it's fun.
1: All that being said, what is your number... Oh, you already did your number two. I
0: already did my number two, Game Game of Thrones. Thrones.
1: Why don't we jump to your number one, then?
0: Okay, my number one is a... This is another one where I think the theme is better than the show. Because, boy, I think this theme is incredibly fantastic. We're talking about Dexter from 2006. I like Dexter a lot, I or let's really put it this way, I like the first several seasons of Dexter quite a bit. Let's say the first like four-ish, and it starts going downhill, and then those last couple seasons really takes a dive, and I never even finished it because of how bad it got, but we're talking about the opening sequence here. The song is titled the Dexter main title, uh, composed by Rolf Kent. So if you're not familiar with Dexter, it's a show about a serial killer who kills murderers. He works as a blood spatter analyst for the Miami police by day. Uh, the sequence itself, not just the song, but the opening sequence has a title. It's called Morning Routine. It's the longest entry, I think, on either of our lists at a full two minutes long. But it's so good that it makes me want to watch it every way, all the way through every single episode. It features Dexter going through his morning routine. Uh, each element's shot in extreme close-up to show different elements to look like something murderous or gruesome is happening. We see a knife cutting into flesh, but it's revealed to be cooking ham for breakfast. Eggs are fried and brutally sliced open. A blood orange is sawed through with a knife spraying wet red liquid everywhere. Uh, hands are shown gripping a cord tightly, but are revealed to be tying shoelaces. It's a bunch of different things like that. Um, Very where suggestive. It's... Oh, absolutely you know he's uh, we we see Michael C. Hall the actor who plays Dexter putting a shirt on and it looks like he's like putting a mask on uh to to go murder someone but no it's just him putting a shirt on in the morning so it it very much perfectly represents the themes of the show as Dexter is this seemingly normal guy that ever that you know that most people get along with well and like, but he's hiding this you know Murderous impulse underneath, where he is going around and killing people pretty frequently. He's just going out of his way to work with, you know, work with the information he's getting from the police that he's able to glean during his job with the police to find people who are murderers and uh, get his impulses out by killing them. Sure. Yeah this <clears throat> this theme
2: is
1: is very good. I, I think that's probably the easiest way to say it. I just, I'm watching it again today. It's, I, it's not a show that I watched a ton of. I have seen some episodes, but I don't remember the theme. And so I felt like I was watching the theme for the first time today, even though thinking back, I'm pretty sure I've seen the theme before. But sure. watching it today, knowing what I know about the show, about the character, about the series, it really represents it so well the music accompaniment the the gruesomeness of it it feels gory without actually being gory right i mean he slices himself while shaving and the blood splatter drops and you're like okay what am i getting myself into here this is this feels like it's going to be real dark but in a way that they're not willing to let on immediately and like you said with all those different things it seems like there's blood or gushing or a mask or strangling somebody, right? But it all is really just seemingly innocuous things that are meant to look provocative or in a completely different light. And yeah, this this theme really does a nice job.
0: Yeah, I I, I think the thing the the kicker here, the thing that really makes this work as well as it does, it's the extremely detailed close up shots. We're we're just getting we're, cameras, getting right up in there. The the framing and everything is so well done, and uh, this is the opening that I would most describe as like this is art, you know, like this is high art, incredibly masterfully done cinematography
1: here. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's hard to argue with that. I get why you have it as your number one.
0: Yeah, and like I said before, this is I immediately knew. I was like, oh, it's got to be this. It's this The show is you know say what you will about the show itself but just as in terms of an opening sequence here this is the the all-time great for me okay all right well one more one more to go your number one tell me what's not as good as dexter
1: oh well i don't have anything on my list that's not as good as dexter because all of my stuff is better than dexter mm, okay that, about that's, that that's not true but with that being said my number one a top contender for a lot of reasons is the Pokemon theme song from the Pokemon Indigo League. Which Is this
0: be, the original?
1: It would be the, the very
0: original theme.
1: Yes. The, the first English theme. Yes. Okay. It, it was aired from episodes one through, I believe, 85. It is also used in the opening of Mewtwo Strikes Back and I Choose You, which is a, a different... Um, mini show I think and or mini sewed before one of the movies which is one of the things that they used to do Um, but it's I think one of the most extensively used theme songs from the entirety of the anime and of course this is the one that I'm most familiar with and it's probably the most recognizable from anybody who's been into Pokemon for quite some time now, the opening right, the opening line, let me set the stage here, right? It starts kind of calm. I wanna be the very best, like no one ever was man that's that's powerful right there, and then it just it goes right into it. Here's how I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna catch all the Pokemon in the world, right? This song is super catchy and and it just it it kind of rocks a little bit like. Unexpectedly for for something that's from from an anime like that. Well, 1998 anime, I should say. But really, really, really strong song. And the visuals that accompany it are also fantastic. I I really like uh, all of the appearances from the various Pokemon. And of course, it doesn't cover every Pokemon that's out there, but there are... As something around like 20 different Pokemon that are shown, but a lot of them are key to the series. And especially early on, you realize the importance of certain ones, right? And in addition to that, it's all of the starter Pokemon. The original starters are highlighted. Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. And then, of course, Pikachu. Some legendaries are highlighted in there. And there's some iconic fights from the actual show that are shown on there, or at least a, a single little clip of that fight or other scenes from the series that are, are, are shown briefly Um, squirtle jumping into his arms or uh, Bulbasaur falling over. Like these are, these are things that if you've watched the show, especially if you watch the show a couple of times, you recognize each of these scenes and, and can probably tell you what, was going on in the episode when that happens. And of course it includes the best Pokemon of all time, Raichu, which is a mm. vastly superior version to mm. Pikachu. No. And Pikachu was wrong to not take the Thunderstone. And this is a conversation we will have at another time because Raichu is number one. All right. So Raichu's boring. I would also like to point out that there are m- many characters that are highlighted here. You're wrong. Uh, m- main characters such as Ash, Brock, um, gary misty of course and jesse and james yeah jesse and james and of course meowth not a human but was included and uh, also some side characters like nurse joy officer jenny professor oak they all kind of come up uh in a little portion uh during that as well but so the the reason that i chose this for my number one is really the overall epicness of it right you as a kid especially you hear the messaging in this and you you get to know the repetition very quickly gotta catch them all that's that's what you're thinking right i want to be the very best and i gotta catch them all and you you start to watch this and it's a very epic show where there's so much going on in the world, all of these different Pokemon that you're just like, wow, where are all these things? They're so cool. And you get to have all these abilities, and there's fights, and there's collecting, and there's, you know, there's various elements to it. And it's all highlighted in this show, but in a way that Ash is almost like, he's everybody, right? He's, he's not just Ash, the character, right? He doesn't really grow old. He's the ever- ever long 10 year old that we all thought we were at the time, and so he's really just like a vessel character that you can relate to so that you can put yourself in his shoes and be the Pokemon master and of course, when they released the Game Boy games of this and you actually could become one that it'll it only helped to prove the point that this show, especially the theme, was a huge driver in the success and and the overall amazingness of the entire series and i i'm pretty sure i've watched the opening episode or the opening sequence every single time even not just as a kid when i was watching it before school or on on some of the repeats on tv but later rewatching it i know it was on netflix for a while i think it still is um watching it with my kids in some some cases and we never skip it and of course If we were talking about outros, we could talk about the Pokemon rap, but that's another conversation. Let's just say, Pokemon Indigo League, very iconic, very epic, perfect representation of the show, and makes you want to be the very best, and I I think that's why I chose it as my number one.
0: That's fair. I, I do have some resentment towards the Pokemon anime in general as being the reason why they did away with Chubby Pikachu. However... In this initial original opening, does feature a Pikachu that is mo- closer to the original Game Boy chubby Pikachu than later versions of the anime and games would go on to have. So it gets bonus points for having a chubbier Pikachu, which is the superior Pikachu.
1: Okay, I don't have thoughts on the.
0: He's much. He's much cuter. Chubby Pikachu is much cuter. I
1: like him much more. I feel like that's a different conversation. <laughs> he's so he's so chunky. Okay, fine. But that's my number one pokemon indigo league and i think that that rounds out our scott coming in with the nostalgia pick why don't we uh why don't we jump over to a break what do you say about that
0: yeah we'll take a break and we're going to come back with our seven through tens Uh, any honorable mentions that we have before we jump into the discussion for what's going to be on the unified top 10 list so stay tuned
1: Welcome back, everyone. If you made it this far, then I'd like to think that you are at least enjoying yourself a tiny bit. I mean, this is a decent length of a show. And for you to make it to the second break to get through our discussion of our top five, top six, whatever it happens to be. In this case, top six. It it just seems like you're probably having a good time. At least giving us a fair shot. And I appreciate that. And I know I've been referring our podcast to a lot of people, right? But are you referring it to people? Are you letting your friends know? Because they're the ones that are going to probably enjoy it just as much as you are. Maybe even more. Maybe they'll even start sending us messages on Twitter. I don't know. Either way, you should tell people. Or, if you don't want to tell anyone, give us a rating or a review, something, I mean, anything, it would be nice, it would be really helpful. So I guess thank you for listening to the show, and I think we're going to go over the rest of our top ten here briefly, and a couple honorable mentions, and we'll get into the competitive portion of the episode.
0: Real quick, before, uh, I'm going to shout something out here, before we get back into the discussion, uh something i've been doing as i upload the episodes through spotify uh the spotify is letting us do uh like polls right now so if you want to go and vote for each episode um Ooh. i'm i'm putting up they they, they make us it's got to be a limited time poll they don't let us have these run indefinitely so for the until the next episode comes out if you want to go on to spotify you can vote for uh for for most of the episodes for uh the standard format, let's say. I'm doing a poll for who do you think had the better number one pick, me or Scott? So if you want to contribute and see, you know, who, who, which pick you agree with more, you know, go vote.
1: I mean, we all know who they're going to agree with, right? That's, that's why I'm on the podcast, right? Otherwise, you'd just be doing this yourself.
0: Well, you know, I got to have someone to have bad opinions so that mine look better. Speaking of.
1: Why don't we get whoa. started
0: on the 7 whoa, through
1: 10s? Were you trying to introduce your wife just now? No. Oh, oh, I'll let her know you said that. Uh, why don't we... Scott, why don't you Please do don't. your
0: 7 through 10?
1: Right. My number 7 is the Power Rangers theme song. Definitely a huge nostalgia factor with that pick. And the the visuals of seeing all the different um Power Rangers and their accompanying powers and of course their um tra- their robot and yeah it's it's very cool seeing it all come together yeah i just so I really like that one question, and question comment- that i have Yes, this was Mighty
0: Morphin Power Rangers the version that you had me watch yeah is the 1993 the, version is that
1: the original
0: US run of Power Rangers
1: uh, yes okay. i believe so yes okay just wanted to so clarify this, yep i believe that is the first one cuz there have and been approximately 37 different power ranger shows you're probably not wrong and so the last thing i want to clarify on this one common misconception the guitarist buckethead did not in fact write the theme song for this and did not perform the guitar on this theme it's a common misconception i don't know why everybody thinks that but he did do the the guitar for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie and so somehow that morphed into oh he did the theme song for Power Rangers well no not quite but anyway number 8 real quick I before have,
0: we move on to your number 8 I do I do uh, want to mention one of the actors featured in this opening Austin St. John he played the Red Power Ranger uh, was arrested last year for uh, charges uh, of uh, defrauding the Small Business Association's Paycheck Protection COVID check uh so he was stealing COVID checks so one of many power ranger actors to go on to be a criminal
1: why why you gotta do that why, he's not he's that relevant? he's
0: not the one who murdered a guy though
1: no but i don't i don't see how that's relevant to the theme we're not talking about the actors he's in the, ac- about he's the, in actors. the opening. anyway what's your number eight number eight is crime the simpsons that's my the number 10s oh well that's cool the simpsons is I mean, it's a great one. It's also one that I thought of almost immediately because sure. I've watched so many versions of this. And, fun fact, when I was a kid and I used to watch this show, I noticed that there were actually two versions of the opening. And of the two versions, one of them was a slightly condensed version. And I knew that if they played the condensed version of the opening, regardless of how the the couch scene at the end uh, ended up happening, or what the little gag was that they did during that, the The shortened version meant that the episode was going to start immediately. But there was an, a slightly longer version that if it did that, it went to a commercial break before the show started. And I, I caught on to that, and so I noticed that if the, like a certain part of it started playing, I'm like, oh, it's the long one. I have time. I can run to the bathroom. I can get a snack. I can, you know, do oh, yeah. whatever. So... Start to play into that a little bit once you're once you've watched the show enough times. And man, the couch gags are awesome. There's just so many cool things that they've done over time and so many other crossovers that they've brought people into. The Flintstones or there was a breaking bad one. I mean anyway. Long story short, Simpson's number eight. Number nine, I have Bob's real quick, Burgers. Real quick
0: you uh, I just want to call out Danny Elfman is the composer on the theme here.
1: Uh you couldn't have said that on your number ten.
0: I just wish we talk about it in one place. Um, and also, uh, they intentionally made this opening theme as long as it was so that episodes could be shorter, so they wouldn't have to animate a- episodes, as l- uh, do as much animation work on each episode.
1: Well, apparently that wasn't true all the time since they had the shortened version as well. Sure. Sometimes you want to make an episode longer. Number nine, I have Bob's Burgers. I believe the Bob's Burgers theme song was at least in part inspired by The Simpsons theme opening. And I say that because they had the portion with the uh the two side businesses or like the truck out front uh change every single time. You know, the one that I think I sent you, it was um uh attempted crepe and it was a French cooking restaurant, I think. Or, Edgy. or yeah. Anyway. Then there's uh, all types of van. Uh, they they love their puns, and I, I love seeing the puns too. And when I'm watching the show online, I tend to pause during the opening so I can see these every time and appreciate the joke. Because they've taken the time to create the joke a little bit different pretty much every single episode. I I need to see it. So I do like that. I thought that was pretty clever. And the theme itself is also pretty basic. Get a little bit of a, I think, a ukulele playing, just introducing the characters briefly and not even really introducing them, just kind of showing them. And then, of course, there's a burger at the center of it. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a very quick one. And last I have, number 10, Married with Children. Another show from my early childhood. This was in 1987 it was released, but... I used to catch reruns of this and, you know, looking back, I probably shouldn't have been watching this when I was a kid. It's definitely not an appropriate show for, you know, a nine, 10 year old. But at the time I thought, this is funny. This is a really funny show. And the opening, uh, the actual song and the the visuals, they do a nice job of introducing the characters again, but the song itself is really what sets it apart for me. Because it's performed by Frank Sinatra. Sure. And and it's just great. He's got that perfect crooner voice. He's he's talking about love and marriage, right? And these two things go together like a horse and carriage, he says. But in the show, it's really kind of showing the almost a counterexample to that. Or pushing it to an extreme where things are not always what they seem. And the The marriage is never as straightforward as you would like it to be. I think they did have you know a pretty good marriage overall because they were largely happy and they supported each other. But at the same time, you see from this song and and some of the visuals and especially like the stamp that comes up there it feels like a a rejection, and you know there's like the oozingness to it, and you're like, okay, something's going on here it's It's definitely not as. Straightforward as these are a a loving family, right? So anyway, great theme. Really like the song. Really like Frank Sinatra, and I felt like it it was deserving of at least my number ten spot. So what do you I got never, for uh, your seven through ten?
0: I never watched the show, but I do like Katie Seagal a lot. She's great. Kate,
1: katie Katie seagal's Who you pinpoint from that? Yeah, not Christina Applegate.
0: No, I never. I've never really seen her in anything. I don't think.
1: Not Ed O'Neill.
0: Uh, I do like Ed O'Neill from Modern Family. He's good on that. I don't think I've ever watched him in anything else.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: But he's all excellent in many things. All right, uh, my seven through ten. Number seven, I have Gravity Falls from 2012. The music is the Gravity Falls main title theme composed by Brad Breek. I think it does a great job of quickly introducing the main three characters and showing off the town of Gravity Falls. Uh, you got you got Dipper, you got Mabel, uh, siblings, and then you got their grunkle Stan, who's a fantastic scam artist type character. Uh, another really interesting thing that this opening does, it includes references to many of the mysteries on the show, including hidden messages and clues to solving puzzles within the show itself and different cryptograms and stuff they have in there. So uh, if you want to solve that stuff on your own, uh, listen to that opening very closely, let's say. Hmm. It's a a very fun show that I... uh, It's a pretty quick watch, too. It's only two seasons. Uh, Number eight, I have SpongeBob SquarePants from 1999. Perhaps you've heard of him.
1: Mm, Not Uh, familiar.
0: This is the SpongeBob SquarePants theme composed by Mark Harrison and Blaze Smith. Uh, Today I learned, actually, that the pirate character who sings the opening theme, which everyone has heard, is named the Painty the Pirate. Never knew that. Uh, There's been many different versions of the song. That they've done over the course of the uh, 13,000 years the show has been on, including a mm-hmm. country-themed cover by Junior Brown, and the first movie they put out had a cover by Avril Lavigne. Uh, number nine, I have Brooklyn Nine-Nine from 2013. It's the Brooklyn Nine-Nine mm-hmm. intro theme. Is the music composed by Dan Morocco.
1: Another cop show. Interesting.
0: Uh, this is a really quick intro. This is like a like 40-second intro as well. Uh, It's really quick, great intro to all the characters, fun music. Uh, Only other really thing I want to mention here, the ending shot features the one time they ever filmed in New York showing the main cast under the Williamsburg Bridge. Otherwise, the show is filmed in L.A. And then uh, number 10, I just had The Simpsons, which we already talked about.
2: Wow, what a good pick, The Simpsons.
0: It was a good show at one time.
1: Yes, I would agree with that. Why don't I go through my honorable mentions? Because it's an extensive list, and I'll try to keep things brief. Let's do it. Uh, I have The Next Generation, of course. I had a nearly late ad that I mentioned er- just earlier today, even. Um, I thought it was there was potential it might crack my top ten. It did not. I would say it's it was close. But that was Saved by the Bell. Very, very good and something i've listened to and watched so many times next we have cheers i i I really like the opening to to cheers the old timey paintings and the song itself is really good Uh, next we have uh, our slightly animated uh, series here we have uh, and by that i mean several animated entries we have digimon which Awesome. Great song. Does a great job of showing the show and a bunch of the Digimon. Yu-Gi-Oh, DBZ, and then into some 90s kids cartoons, Rugrats, Hey Arnold, and Doug. Hey Arnold especially, I think, among the three of those is is very good, but I do whistle the theme song to Doug pretty, uh, with some frequency. Next, we have Avatar The Last Airbender. I I still like the story. It's a great, great opening. Considered it for my top ten, didn't quite make the cut. I like Same. the story though. I still laugh every time he crashes into that statue during the opening sequence on the air ball, but next we have Parks and Rec and Scrubs and The Office. Uh a nod to a previous episode. We have Wishbone. And that What's was uh, one my wife uh strongly encouraged that it would be on her top ten if she were making a list, but she has a heavy nostalgia factor, maybe even more so than mine, so that was a good one. SpongeBob, of course. Stranger Things, which I really, really, really like the music, but it's just yep. kind of okay. It's just a couple letters, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Bluey, of course, nodding back to another episode because the, the opening theme is pretty good. Community. My son uh, mentioned on my this one as a, a very strong pick. And last but not least, we have Doctor Who, of which I watched all of the doctor who themes oh, you watch for the 42 minute it, v- youtube video i watched the super long video yes of all the I'm not exaggerating themes. it's
0: 42 minutes long
1: yeah i know i i well I, I i like as i was watching parts of them i'm like okay i know this one i'm gonna skip that one and sure. like but yeah i watched the whole thing and i gotta say it gets real real funky in the 80s oh yeah and very very 80s you vibe get around like, like the, the sixth doctor
0: oh. and things start getting real weird yeah the show also and got
1: real weird around that time i really like the 11th doctor oh um one but ah, see i don't, Peter that's all these stuff i like the 10th cool one with more. the spiral oh, the 10th one's good too i mean they're all really good there's but... too much horns in the in the 11th doctor one Oh, the 12th one with the spiral clock, I really like that too. And I I do not like the Jody Whittaker one. It's it's weird. It's too obscure in my mind. It's too much of a uh divergent from what the a lot of the originals are, but I do love that throughout all of these, largely the song is basically the same or the music, right? It's sure, the fidelity it's... of it
0: changes throughout the years. Um, sure. A little and, bit, and the but... and the reason that the the, 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 that's why I specifically want to call out the Matt Smith one is, uh, they, they, ch- I feel like that's the one that musically sounds the most different from the other ones. And that's why I don't like about it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I like the, uh, the actual visuals of it, the storms and stuff, but it's, uh, the 12th doctor was when they started bringing back in the intros, um, a, a brief visual of the face of the Doctor. They don't actually show his face but they yeah, show Yeah, because that's his a big tradition eyes.
0: from like I want to say like the fourth Doctor onward on the old show.
1: Yeah, it, it might even be from the second Doctor. It's possibly, yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty old that they did that and I thought that was kind of cool, especially the one where they form him with the stars, like the constellation. Can't remember which one that was, fourth or fifth Doctor. I think it's fourth. But anyway, pretty cool Doctor Who opening theme, but not good enough to make a top 10 list so. agreed what do you got what do you have in your honorable mentions
0: i don't quite have quite as many um i have uh rather than cheers i have fraser that's a a great opening i like sure. learned recently it's actually kelsey Grammer singing that opening i didn't know that until no, recently it sounds just like him uh the doctor who again that we just talked about avatar we just talked about fresh prince which i previously mentioned uh, i want to call uh-huh. it the brady bunch because that's a classic iconic one Uh, Along with Gilligan's Island.
1: Um, Didn't even think about Gilligan's Island. Yeah. uh, Gilligan's Island
0: is one in particular that anytime the word there's, I've mentioned before on the podcast, there's certain phrases that if I hear a certain phrase, a a thing plays in my head every single time. Gilligan's Island is one where if I hear someone say three hours, my brain goes a three hour tour, a three (laughs) hour tour, literally every single time. Yeah. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the list yeah. uh chuck yeah. uh the yeah. show is zachary levi i like that opening quite a bit good song on that one as well and then uh, i have a section here that is uh saw opening themes that if we had chosen to do just to the music i they likely would have made my top 10 um, but the visuals i don't think are anywhere near good enough to make a top 10 list Uh, community was mentioned um that's one for me i think the visuals are fine but i I just really like the song uh x files is on the list the visuals on that really don't hold up at all but the the music is still great uh curb your enthusiasm is one was really not much in the way of visuals at all but boy that that theme is excellent for that show and then uh twin peaks which is Hmm. uh I love the music and it's like a 17 minute opening theme. It's not seventeen, but it's like three minutes long. It's way too long. And uh but the music is really good and the just the yeah. visual shots are not especially interesting.
1: Yeah, if we were doing music, I I think Twilight Zone might have made uh Yeah, sure. Twilight
0: Zone very good. Mm. Should have put Twilight Zone in my honorable mentions. Yeah. I do like that opening a lot.
1: Anyway, that's what we got we should probably discuss uh, a unified uh, top 10 list.
0: So looking, I've moved on our shared Google doc here that we used to do this stuff. I have moved over our top sixes since we have the duplicating game of thrones. We have 11 items to sort through as always, these are not binding. If we feel like something from one of our seven through tens needs to jump up and make the top 10, uh, you know that that is they are eligible to do so. If there's an argument for it, usually doesn't happen though.
1: Very rare occasions.
0: So I think that Dexter should be real high. I and mean, coming out hot with Dexter. Needs to be. I think Dexter should be number one.
1: Well, of course you do. And I, I'm not willing to concede that it's number one. I I could definitely say that it would be very high in the list though. Like a number two, perhaps, right behind Pokemon. I think that seems pretty Uh, logical. Just
0: just the the cinematography of it is. Sure, it's great. Is incredible in a way that Pokemon does not touch. I get the nostalgia for Pokemon. Totally understand. Um, No,
1: but with Dexter, I I feel like I'm about to be murdered. With Pokemon, I feel like I'm about to be a better version of myself. Which of those would you rather have?
0: Hmm. I like that. murdered. I, yeah, I, like I know murder. you're gonna
1: say murdered. Yeah, you're a bit sadistic. I like to live right. my life on the edge. Why don't we skip that for now? Let's okay. come back to it. Okay. Let's uh, let's look at the total list here of of the ones that you have on your list. The uh, the what we do in the shadows. I I feel like I think it's better than Game of Thrones. I, I really, really do. Wow. It yeah. I Unexpected. from what you've what you've told me based on the history of the show a little bit and seeing the visuals and listening to the music. Oh, you know what? Uh, Maybe not. Yeah. I I, I might retract that statement. (sighs) Sorry. It's a little bit tough to, to determine between the two of them. And also I found it very difficult to determine between animated versus like a real life show. But more specifically, now comedy versus serious show that it's just sure. a different feel. It's hard to, I mean, obviously we're we're the professionals, so we're going to figure out a way to make this work. But at the same time, it's very tough. I'm going to retract my statement. I want to want to look at the list here again and see what do you think the I weakest guess,
0: one on my list is
1: of the top. I six? think I think the Wire is the weakest one. I, really I, I actually like I do like the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood opening better than the Wire. Interesting. Okay especially with the explanations that you provided the wire. Just like eh, the music was okay. Eh.
0: I would, I, I I, on yours. I think um, it's Malcolm in the middle for me is the one that just all the other ones are way better than, than Malcolm in the middle.
1: Really? You don't like that song?
0: Not at all. And I didn't oh, think man. the visuals were especially compelling. They're fine. They fit the era,
2: you know, but. Hmm.
1: And we're kind of at an impasse here. Let's see. Um Okay, well we both had Game of Thrones. I think we can agree the Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones it, hitting
0: top five, you think?
1: I'm thinking I think throw it at number three. I think okay. that's a a good starting point for okay. it. we we'll can put that there. make adjustments. We'll but. put
0: that there. Can we agree that Pokemon and Dexter are going to end up some some order of one and two?
1: Potentially, yeah. I, I think that okay. seems pretty good. I'm gonna shuffle those.
0: Not onto the list, but in the upper area over here.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now we have the remainder here to fit into the four through ten. I think Fresh Prince needs to be number four. I Mm, I think it's mm. a very, very strong and like I said, iconic opening. Everybody knows it. Everybody agrees that it is a wonderful opening, not just for the show, but the song itself. Obviously, especially the people in the Netherlands. That's why they wouldn't have charted it. So,
0: I think that uh, I, th- I I I think it should go at five behind what we do in the shadows. I think no no the, way I, the way better than what of, we do with the shadows no way. uh The Fresh Prince the is yeah. French Press is iconic as is because it's been around for so long. Right? um it, it was a it's it's been around for thirty years. What we do in the shadows has only had four years to be around, and I just think the craft that goes into that the songs better the um, the visuals are better it wins on every count
1: no the song is definitely not better you just don't like rap music there's i like or, plenty of rap like, hip-hop hip-hop
0: i think that yeah. i think fresh prince honest. is fine i i think i think that song is fun i'm happy to have it at number five i just think what we do in the shadows beats it
1: all right how about this we can have fresh prince at five as long as pokemon's number one
0: no no way. Mm. I'll give okay, you I, I will I I will concede the uh, I i I would trade Dexter at one for Fresh Prince at four. No. Alright.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna just put those. Okay, so closer. we have another
0: we have another pair here of what we do in the shadows and fresh Prince. They're probably gonna end probably, up at four or five.
1: Probably. The wire. I, I just I really didn't like the wire all that much. I'm gonna throw that here at the bottom and we could throw Malcolm in the middle at the bottom too. Okay. Um
2: I think right. South so... Park's better than Phineas and Ferb,
0: personally.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: But also, I think that's mostly due to I just have a lot more affinity for I, I I've I've the nostalgia for South Park where I don't really for Phineas and Ferb.
1: Hmm. It's tough to put this in uh any kind of Now, how do you feel about South Park versus Full Metal Alchemist?
0: Full Metal Alchemist is way, way better than South Park. Mm. It's not close. Full Metal Alchemist is telling a story with its opening. It's... the music, so park, be- the music is much we're gonna better. the music is much better ourselves the time the animation is dramatically better in full metal alchemist no, something we didn't on. mention something we didn't mention in the full metal alchemist discussion i think the animation in that show is absolutely beautiful it is probably my favorite i think the
1: south park animation is beautiful it, it's meant to be bad I,
0: I i think the south park animation does a great job of what it's set out to be um they communicate things very well with it i don't think i would describe it as beautiful it's effective certainly but it's I don't think you can compare beautiful.
1: apples. You're comparing apples and oranges with these animated styles. It's just, it's not even. You could say the animation's beautiful, but just because it's beautiful doesn't mean it's better. Not inherently.
0: I think both do a great job of
2: doing what they're intended to do. So I'm
0: not. I'm not mm. fighting you on that.
1: Hmm. All right. So Star Trek and Phineas and Ferber on here. I I would be willing to concede Star Trek is bad.
0: So Star Trek's my mm. nostalgia pick. I'm 100% willing to say that. That's one that like I fully recognize other people might not love as much. It's not it, it it it's carrying more of the weight there is being carried on the music. I love the music in there. Um but hold on. Hold on. No, <laughs> no, 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 Mister. I'm gonna push Pokemon on number one. Let's All um, right. Let's so that. how
1: about this? How about this? Mm-hmm. Because you think South Park's better than Phineas and Ferb, I totally right? agree. I, I will concede Full Metal Alchemist versus South Park in this case. And oh, I, I put this in the wrong order. And Star Trek. Uh, as a slightly lower pick than Phineas and Ferb. so, uh, But in doing so, we also eliminate the wire completely and make Malcolm in the Middle number 10. Mm
0: -hmm. If we do that, Dexter's got to win.
1: So if we're doing that, then the order that I have here is actually the correct order.
2: Yeah. Except...
0: I I can live with the list as it is, losing the wire. No, 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 no. That Hold swap.
1: On. Hold on. Do that, and with it's a deal. Dexter can be number one.
0: So the deal we're talking about here is Scott has uh, moved, as he's moved Fresh Prince back up over what we do in the shadows, and Fresh Prince
1: might even be better than Game of Thrones. It, no, way. at least in my no opinion. Way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no way. Game of Thrones is. What I don't, kind of I don't sword fighting if... do you see in the Game of Thrones opening, huh? What what kind of cool monsters or, like, people visuals do you see? Nothing, you just see a map. You just see a map that looks like it came from a book, and It's guess a cool what? map, and it's Not very... all the mechanics in the world could uh, help you with fantastic. that. Fantastic.
0: Fresh Prince, so we're playing good. basketball. It's very arty. We're,
1: we're getting we're in a cab. Done. We're talking
2: 90s slag. So it's like... I feel like that's superior.
0: All right, I will concede the list as it stands. I'm gonna. You know, go you want
1: You know, you wanna.
0: Dexter's got to win. It's just
1: it. It. I. I,
0: I feel like un, indisputably, Undisputably? I think it's indispute. It's indisputable. There we go. That.
2: Hey. The undisputed.
0: The, the craft that goes into the Dexter opening, just beats anything else I've ever watched in terms of TV show openings.
1: So we're good. This is the. This is the list.
0: I think we've got a list. I'm going to run it down here. 10 to 1. All right. Go ahead. Number 10 is Malcolm in the Middle. Honorable number 11, The Wire. Uh, Number 9, Star Trek The Next Generation. Number 8, Phineas and Ferb. Number 7, South Park. Number 6, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, opening 1. Number 5 is What We Do in the Shadows. Number 4, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Number 3, Game of Thrones. Number 2, Pokemon Indigo League. And number one, the greatest TV show opening sequence of all time is Dexter. I, I, do, wanna, I do wanna especially call out with the Full Metal Alchemist one. I we we're ex- explicitly not including all the rest of the openings because I don't really like any of them. It's just that first one.
2: Brotherhood opening one. Okay.
1: But we've done I'm okay with that. We've created another list. We have created another list and I mean I aside from Pokemon being at number two, I believe that this this list is without flaw because we are vastly superior rankers.
2: So basically ranker. everyone that's ever
0: lived.
1: Is a ranker a word? Ranker. It just sounds weird.
0: Rank ranker R A N C O R is a word. Yeah, that's it's a, a different, different thing. meaning. Yeah. Okay we're, we're about professional homonyms.
2: rankists
1: oh no let's not
0: <laughs> hmm i'm an expert on what's rank <laughs> mm. all right i feel
1: like i feel like that's a boil moment from yeah, Brooklyn uh, 99 where he's correct. just like professional rankist You're like no no that's coming down with a serial the, rankist coming no. in with
0: a weast infection diane yeah, weast.
1: right. Or, Oh, uh, passing out my STDs to everybody. Mm. Save the dates, of course.
0: He's the best character
1: on that show. Anyway, anyway. Uh, going back to this, I I think, uh, yeah. Why don't? Uh, no, all right. Now's like a good time of any to tell you that I was willing to concede that Dexter was number one from the get go, from the moment mm. I watched that episode mm. opening because it is very good. It's so good. I completely agree with you. If I had any. A better knowledge or had thought of it I probably would have had it on my list as well But that's fine it's, uh, it's a very good opening
0: It's too bad the quality of the show does not hold up Throughout its entire
1: run Yeah, but we'll have to have that conversation Another time Ooh, top ten shows that, that Eventually fell off Oh, I have strong opinions about that Hmm Do shows that were cancelled count?
0: Yeah, absolutely
1: Like Firefly, for example where the, it was amazing, and then it just got canceled.
0: Oh, oh! Are you saying that like they belong on a list of shows that fell off? I don't think so. Okay. Good. If they fell off in quality and then were canceled as a result of that, that would come ah.
1: Out. Okay, okay, okay. That's yeah, what yeah. I meant. All right. Well, anyway, I. You know what? Guess what? We did it. We did it again. We we, we did it again. They said we couldn't. I don't know who they are because nobody talks to us, but somebody said we couldn't, and we defied them anyway. God, we're so cool.
0: I just imagine it's your wife saying, "You can't do this."
1: No, I I think she's actually very supportive of it. Yeah, me no, I just I'm this. just making that up. I'm I'm sure she's great about it. Hmm. There's got to be somebody we can create as like a target, probably like a childhood friend that we don't talk to anymore. Anyway, why don't we go to the outro, which is to say thank you for listening, thank you for putting up with us. Share your opinions with us. I'm going to say that again. And our next episode's gonna be coming out in about two weeks time. And Josh, we, we decided on the next topic, I believe. What why don't you tell the people what that's gonna be?
0: Next time, we're going to talk about the top ten culturally significant media items of the 80s. Uh, Ooh, this is so, interesting because so we actually yeah. did this in one of our unaired pilot episodes. Um not not this specific topic, we but we did that culturally significant format for a different one there. Um, this is interesting because it's not so much, um, our opinions on how good is this. It's what we think about the impact of different items on the list.
1: Yeah. The, the cultural significance might be, is it still relevant today? Sure. How has it shaped certain media today? And so, uh, to be clear, this is any media, TV, video games, movies, songs, books. Uh, books, you know, whatever it ends up being, specifically has to have been released between January 1st, 1980 and December 31st, 1989. Most notably, uh, you and I were born during that time frame, so... I was not. We, we can say that we... I missed oh, the 80s by six you days. barely missed it! Six That's days. right! January 6th, 1990. Uh, you poor kid.
0: Something we're going to have to talk about on this one, too, is... If so, what if something technically came out like like, I'm thinking about, like The Simpsons? Obviously, hugely impactful, but it came out like like December twelfth, nineteen eighty nine. Barely existed during the eighties, mostly a nineties and onward institution. Does that count? I don't know that it does. We'll have to talk it out. Hmm.
1: Yep, we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to set some some guidelines here. But this cultural significance, I feel like, is going to definitely create a different dynamic with the way that i approach my list with the research with some of the additional details that i'm planning on bringing to the conversation and of course the way that i plan to argue my top 10 so it'll be interesting to see what we come up with and oh last thing just so we're clear we're not talking about like things that came up in the actual media like war efforts or that's not fun you know, a lot of government deals. We're not going to discuss that. That's that's not really in the spirit of the podcast. We we want to talk about fun media. And we're not going to TV talk about the
0: and, Reagan assassination attempt.
1: Oh God. Okay. Yep. Yeah, let's uh, Iran Contra. Very exciting. Very very exciting. Cold War. Um. Right. So that being said, I think I think we're done. That's it. That's it. And that's all. Put right? a bow on it. Sounds good. Well, I guess until next time, I've been Scott. And I've been Josh. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship. Take care, folks. I am ready. Wait, let me get a sip of water. Then I'll be ready.
0: I am also ready. I'll also take a sip of Gatorade. Gatorade Zero.
2: Cool Blue. Hmm. That is the flavor that I used to drink most of the time.
1: <clears throat> my... my uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for that I'm drawing a blank? My dietitian told me, don't drink Zero anymore. As a runner, you need the carbs, you need the electrolytes, gotcha. you need to drink the full stuff, and I'm like, eh, that's fair.
0: Okay. As a not runner, I do
1: not need them. Yeah. The uh, it's a the... flavor adjustment for sure. Go going back to the full sugar, yeah.
0: I I I've tricked my brain into thinking that there's no difference between zero sugar and full sugar beverages.
1: I for a while, long time there, my brain would has adjusted, and I preferred. Gatorade Zero and uh, other non uh,
0: caloric drinks. Like you can hand right. me a regular Coke and a Diet Coke and I will just be like I don't know.
2: Huh. No. That,
0: I've deceived my brain. I can tell the difference between Diet Coke and Coke Zero. Coke Zero is not as good. The newer Coke Zero is not as good.
2: Uh,
0: they It's like less carbonated.
2: Oh. Weird. But what is the difference
1: between Coke Zero and Diet Coke? I mean, it's a different artificial they... sweetener. No.
0: Diet is aspartame. Um,
1: a lot of people don't like aspartame.
0: Coke
2: Zero is Splenda, I think. I don't... All right, let's get back into it. <clears throat> let's do it.